Time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. All right, let's start with uh, violence on the... Oh, sorry, Keith, I haven't got your... Yeah, plug you in here. Hang on. <laughs> here, plug that in there. Okay, this is what happens. You put a rookie on the radio here. We don't plug in your headphones. Okay, my first guest this morning... There's a swank studios down here. You think, you think this would be? Is this genuine plywood or is this? <laughs> it's real. Plywood? That's real plywood. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we got your you got your microphone plugged it's in. You got your headphone. Okay. okay, good. So my first guest this morning was Clint, Clint Smith. Smith. Yes, Clint Smith. Now this is the guy who owns the auto repair shop in Nanaimo. Mm-hmm. He's had his place broken into. He's had cars broken into. He's had cars set on fire. And he's this is the guy who says he went down to the encampment in Nanaimo to get back stolen stuff. And he got shot. He ends up shot. Shot in the stomach. And, you know, he told me this morning, the bullet's still in there. Oh. And, you know, this guy's in pain. He's still got some internal bleeding, lost 20% of his colon, didn't expect him to survive. He was in a coma for five days, but he survived mm-hmm. and he's speaking out. Now, yep. this week when David Eby and Mike Farnworth, Solicitor General, they traveled to Nanaimo to make a crime announcement, he was there Yep. and he confronted Farnworth. And I asked him. I asked him about that. Why did he decide to have this interaction with Farnworth? Let's have a listen to what he had to say, and I'll get your thoughts. Clint Smith speaking to me a short time ago. Farnsworth walked up to me. I didn't walk up to him. I was right where I was getting up off the ground, and I wasn't going to make a scene. That wasn't my intent. I wasn't. But he walked right up to me, and I honestly, I probably reacted a lot out of emotion, and uh, not a guy to bite my tongue. Yeah, so he told Farnworth he doesn't want any more lip service. He wants mm-hmm. action to make the streets safe again. Your thoughts? Yeah, no, I talked to Farnworth about that after that, and he said, yeah, it was pr- perfectly legitimate uh, comments by Clint Smith. That yeah. uh, this was he was perfectly within his rights to express that. There's a lot of frustration, and we've had a lot of callers on this segment from Nanaimo calling in every day saying it's out of control. What's happening there? There's an encampment there along the river. Uh, that's been become entrenched. People are saying they're arming themselves now because they fear. What can come out of that encampment? Clint Smith was shot. There's, and just like a lot of these encampments, including the downtown east side, where the police say like one third of the tents were chop shops. There's weapons found in many tents. Women are being sexually assaulted. Uh, and a hundred percent of the women interviewed in, on the downtown east side encampment were reported being sexually assaulted. So the Nanaimo one seems to be, it's an interesting, we talked about this yesterday. In Vancouver, Ken Sim and the Vancouver police jointly got together and cleared this encampment. It keeps coming back in smaller numbers every day, but it's being removed. The RCMP are not moving in Nanaimo. Um, Not entirely clear why that is. Yeah, and I asked Clint Smith about that. Like, he was criticized by police for going down there. Mm -hmm. And he's saying, you know, police were saying, don't do that. Don't do this type of behavior, this vigilante type behavior. Don't do it. Phone us instead. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you got stuff stolen, phone us. We'll deal with it. And he told me the problem is when he phones the Mounties in Nanaimo, he gets a voicemail. Yeah. And the voicemail box is full. <laughs> so he said, you know, people are just fed up. Mm-hmm. So, well, uh, the advice from police to everyone in these encampments: don't go and have a confrontation. We had this. We had an encampment in Victoria, in the near the courthouse here. The, the advice from the police: don't go there. Don't. Don't engage. This is not. It's not a safe situation. So, I mean, the advice is sound from police. Do not engage 
uh, in these situations because it's unpredictable and there can be violence and there are weapons on in these uh, boundaries. But I can see Clint Smith's frustration phoning the Nanaimo RCMP seem to take a completely detached role in this thing, unlike what we're seeing in Vancouver with Vancouver police. Yeah, and another interesting thing he told me was that he felt that in Nanaimo, and he described like a nightmarish situation there mm-hmm. with overdoses and violence and crime, and he said it got worse after decriminalization of drug possession. I mean, that was his perspective. That's what he said. He said and it wasn't even when it kicked in officially that you're allowed to possess small amounts of hard drugs. Mm-hmm. Even when it was announced that they were going to do it, he said it seemed to get worse. And I'm looking at the overdose numbers for March that just came out, and we continue to have these appalling overdose death statistics, including last March. Mm-hmm. So this this movement to decriminalization of drug possession, I don't see any evidence so far that it's working. Not yet, anyways. I mean, we're seven years into this thing. Uh, the numbers every month are depressingly high, and they're not going down. Um, it's uh, It doesn't seem to have an impact yet. But, you know, we'll see. I mean, it's, it's you can argue it's, you don't look at from a month to month. You look at every six months year to year, but right now the latest stats out today suggest there's been no change. Okay, let's have a listen to David Eby here. I thought this was interesting because if you think about Premier David Eby's past as an an activist Mm -hmm. lawyer in the downtown east side, back when he was working for Pivot Legal and the Civil Liberties Association, I remember that's when I first kind of met him and talked to him for the first time before he got into politics. And back in those days when he was like this crusading street lawyer, mm-hmm. when he was down there, if the police had come in to take down an encampment, he probably would have been down there advocating to charge the police, yep. you know, or handing out or advising homeless oh, he, people on their rights. He actually published a pamphlet, How to Sue the Police. How to Sue the, how to <laughs> sue the Police. And but more than he, one liberal has suggested I put on my TV bookshelf. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> I bet. And, or BC United, sorry. He's he has completely changed now, right? He as, has as the premier. Yeah, and we were wondering about or has that. he completely changed? Well, I, I think mean, what's your I, position? I think he has. I don't see any evidence that there. I mean, he's backing dismantling the encampment on Hastings. He's totally in support of that. It was one of his campaign themes. Uh, so yeah, I think he and he gave a very revealing interview. I think to Vaughn Palmer, the Vancouver's son. Uh, I note there's an article in Vancouver Sun today by John Mackey about Vaughn's, this is the 50th anniversary of him being hired at the Vancouver Yes, Sun. congratulations yeah. to Vaughn. That's to, great. To our much older colleague, Vaughn Palmer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he gave an interview to Vaughn last week in Stu McNish uh, with the series The Sun Has, where he he talked about, he was asked point blank, how have you changed? You used to be supportive of Pivot, and you'd be against dismantling this this. Uh, uh, this encampment, and he says, well, those are, that was then, this is now, I'm no longer an activist. Let's listen to that. Okay, so here is Premier David Eby. He's act, asked about his past role as an activist lawyer opposing police action on encampments and that kind of thing, and here's what he had to say. They're right. I'm not that uh, activist. I'm in a different role now to bring people together to try to uh, create a province where those ideals that we all share can be realized. Let's listen to another clip of him here in the same interview. Here he is talking about the encampment on Hastings Street in the downtown east side. Have a listen. So there were two possible choices. One was leave the encampment there, hope we don't have a catastrophic fire where people actually die, uh, people aren't murdered, uh, that another building doesn't burn down because there's a fire in the tent and it goes to one of the buildings, or what happened yesterday, uh, which is to uh, give people, again, there were many housing offers over the last few months, 
about 90 people have been moved inside from the encampment. But to say, look, we have emergency shelter, we can get you inside. It's David Eby speaking to that Vancouver Well, I think, I think you're but... saying David Eby the realist versus David Eby the activist. I mean, Eby's a pretty smart guy, and I think he realizes he's now of the, of, in the part of the NDP. I mean, there's different New Democrats. Some New Democrats want to cling to uh, ideology as, as just that's their basic reason for being, even though that may block you from actually being in power. They're much more comfortable clinging to ideology. It makes it's their comfort zone. EB wants to be able to be in a position to actually do something. And, and if you want to be in government in this province, you can't be ideological one way or another. You've got to uh, sort of uh, hew to the, to the center, center left, center right. One of those two positions is going to allow you to make this, uh, be in a position where you actually make decisions. And John Horgan did that as well. You know, he came in, he ran a fairly centrist government because he knew and he was re-elected with a huge majority compared to the 2017, the biggest majority in NDP in BC history for the NDP because he was tacking towards the middle and yeah. not to the left or to the right. And David Eby's are trying to do the same. Well, we saw a guy like Kennedy Stewart, the former mayor of Vancouver, has been very critical of removing the tents from the downtown east side and, and, and well, the reason why Street. he's not in power anymore. Well, that's the point. Like, you know, he got trounced in the mm-hmm. last election. Yeah, so. so the election he won over Ken Sim was a very tight race. He was trounced by Ken Sim in the most recent vote yeah. because I think Stewart just went too far to one side. Yeah. And again, if you want to hold power... You've got to shed some of those ideological positions and basically be sort of the common touch, the common man and woman, the soccer mom, the soccer dad, and speak to them rather than the ideological right or left. That said, words are one thing and results are another, because that's another thing that E.B. has said frequently is he wants people to be able to see change. He wants people to be able to detect that things are getting better. I don't really see a lot of evidence of that. I mean, we've got these record overdose numbers just out again, despite decriminalization of drug possession. Yeah, I guess it's which measuring point stick you want to look at. So we expressed doubts on this program before about can you actually get rid of that block, that encampment on Hastings? Yeah. And now that's what's happening. Although so, the, so tents, the, the tents continue to pop up not, overnight, not in the same numbers. Not, not in anywhere yeah. near the same numbers. The opioid crisis is a tough nut to, to crack. I mean, I don't know what the answer is there. I don't think anyone, I don't think decriminalization is going to solve this. I don't think um, banning decriminalization is going to solve it either. I don't think anyone's got the real answer to the, this crisis that's just been go- ongoing now for seven years. All right, it's Baldry's Beat. Let's go right to your phone calls here. Mike in Surrey. Hey, Mike, go ahead. Yeah, hi there, guys. Um, just want to talk about this Nanaimo thing. Uh, the RCMP. Uh, isn't it their job to to get rid of these uh, encampments and and especially when they know there's weapons there, everything like that? Um, it's quite obvious that they should go in and and make the place safe. Now, the difference possibly here is let's look at the city of Vancouver. They have their own police force. They work hand in hand together, and they're getting the job done. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas. You said, I think, Keith, you said yesterday, uh, Leonard Krogh, the mayor there, he can't seem to get the RCMP to move in, something like that. It's uh, You don't know mm-hmm. quite why the situation is there. Um, let's maybe compare that to, like, Surrey a little bit in terms of, um, I talked to Doug McCallum when he was mayor the first time, 20, 30 years ago, and he said the biggest problem he had was he couldn't get a direct answer from the RCMP. 
uh, into certain things. And if you had your own police force, wouldn't you be able, you'd be the chairman of the police board as mayor, Mm -hmm. wouldn't you be able to get a direct answer and know exactly what was going on? Okay. Now, no no disrespect to the current RCMP members. I think they're doing a good job. But to get direction, you need to go higher up. Thank you for the call. Well, Mike. It's a very good point. I mean, mayors love their municipal police forces because they do have input and they can just pick up the phone and phone the police chief. And they have each other's cell numbers and emails and they communicate quite well. But Clint Smith's point, when he phones the RCMP, he goes to voicemail. I'm pretty sure Leonard Krogh phones the RCMP and probably goes to voicemail as well. There's not that well, same I don't know. Relationship. I don't know if Leonard Krogh, the mayor there, has ever said that. I don't know if he's ever expressed any frustration with the, the RCMP in Nanaimo. Well, he's, he's expressed frustration with the situation not being resolved. Yeah. And, and, by, and by the way, just to clarify what Clint Smith said there about the voicemail, he said when they phone, if he phones 911, he'll get a police off, you know, oh, the yeah, police get, will answer yeah, the phone. Get... But he says if he phones there and he says he's, he's talking about, a, you know, missing missing tools from his shop, they'll say, line. well, that's that's a non-emergency mm-hmm. call, so phone this other number. And he's, that's when he gets the voicemail. But it is okay. interesting to contrast the ability in Vancouver to dismantle the encampment there, the ability in Victoria to, for the police to get involved with the encampment here. And it doesn't seem to be happening in Nanaimo. Right, and the situation with the decampment on Hastings Street, that was a decision by the city. Mm-hmm. It was the city that said, let's go in there, and yeah. the, they asked the police to come in and help them. The other thing is, it's a little more complicated to say, well, the police just have to move in and, and dismantle the stuff. We've seen yeah. we've seen encampments on the front lawn of the legislature. It can take months for that to resolve. Yeah. Um, you, numerous court rulings have said, no, we just can't automatically dismantle an encampment. You've got to allow people some space to live, and we've seen yeah. that in, in Victoria and in a number of locations. Chris in Nanaimo. Hi, Chris, go ahead. Hey, guys, happy Friday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Just, uh, I, I think our judicial system needs some uh, more teeth there. Uh, little Potato back in Ottawa needs to, uh, you know, give it some more oomph. That guy that did the shooting in Nanaimo, uh, he's a repeat offender. He's out on bail. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, I'm just going to stop you there because that's all. It's all under police investigation. So, you know, your thought. I mean, we talked yesterday about how the judges, mm-hmm. you know, the politicians don't tell the judges what to do. No, nor should they. Uh, judges make these decisions on their own based on precedent, case law, Supreme Court rulings. And releasing violent, chronic offenders is a real issue. I mean, that's why David Eby and Mike Farnworth are in Nanaimo talking about these hubs they're going to create of of police officers, probation officers, and prosecutors, all dedicated to ensuring violent, uh, chronic violent offenders don't keep getting released, but they continue to be released. I'm not sure how, what the timeline is for success in terms and what the benchmarks of success are going to be for this this new initiative. But these people continue to get be let out on bail. George in Nanaimo. George, you got 30 seconds here. Go ahead. Of course I do. The reason the police won't move in there is because you have to go down a steep, narrow trail to get to the compound. They know you're coming. You're going to walk into an ambush, just like Clint and the guys did. Uh, they have to get out of their cars. The RCMP in Nanaimo do not get out of their cars unless they're going to write you a ticket. It's the only time you ever see it. You would need a military response to remove that thing. They've dug into the side of the hillside. They're mostly underground. You're not going to be able to just walk down the trail. Thank you, for the, thank, you for the, thank you for the call. Yeah, I've That's heard it. the physical description of this place is quite unique. They're dug into the, the riverside hillside, and first time I heard they're underground. That's, <laughs> that's interesting.